The Naked Vocalist is proudly sponsored by Vocalize You, the world's most comprehensive home study program for vocalists. Over 200,000 singers have experienced more range, more power, and more vocal freedom with Vocalize You. Download your copy from vocalizeyou.com now. Episode 21. Happy New Year. Here's some music. Got hippies buying bullets cause it's too late for peace I'm afraid to black cause every city wants a war And the people want it even more It's way too heavy Thunderstorms won't protect me Let me feel your energy It's way too heavy it's kind of sexy, wasn't it? Good start to the year. Bit of a groove. What are they called then? They're called April Blue. And one of the songwriters, Ian, got in touch with us. We threw out there a few months ago about playing music on our podcast. And, and hundreds of people have come back. <laughs> we had to deflect a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them were just, just not quite yet up to standard. So if, if, you, if you're out there thinking, I want my music played on the world's leading singing podcast. Make sure it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, <laughs> let's, you know, don't get your hopes up too high. <laughs> but, uh, but Ian made it through. April Blue made it through. April Blue are the founders of Suburban Soul. Uh, a meeting of genres rooted in their love of great music. Um, Ian Morcher and Oz LP, inspired by sounds and uh, stories irrespective of genre or era. And it really is. We've listened through their SoundCloud, haven't we? And there's quite an eclectic mix. It's very smooth. And I think you mentioned you mentioned the name of one of my idols when I was like 16, which was Connor Reeves. Mm. I don't know if you guys know of Connor Reeves, but oh, he sang a song called Earthbound and Father's Son. Back in like Maybe. 1997, but lovely soul voice, mm. so it's a little bit like that. And so, this so, guy, have you heard of that guy called Midas? Yeah. Brand new artist called Midas. He's just, because he's been all over Facebook, that's why I've seen right. it, but um, he's very similar to him as well. Seems like that kind of, that kind of 90s R&B thing is... On its way back. On its way back. Yeah. It's retro again. Hopefully, yeah. But the, these guys are gigging in... London, all over, all over the place actually. Look at their website, aprilblue.co.uk for all the info on where they're going to be touring in the, the first part of this year. They've got a YouTube channel, April Blue TV, SoundCloud. You'll find it all on their website. But check them out because they are really cool. Sweet. So we are back then. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you guys had a great new Christmas. I hope you continued singing. How was your Christmas? Uh, my Christmas. You don't normally look forward to it, do you? We discussed that before. But yeah, I don't know. If, that was like podcast number four, wasn't it? Mm. When mm. I described the um, the sort of hair pulling experience of Christmas. How was it this year? It's really good, actually. <laughs> but I went to the uh, Lake District mm. um, in a in a cottage uh, mm. with loads of food, and it's me and my girlfriend and a lot of her family. There's just a lot of food. You went for a little walk? Yeah, up a hill on Christmas Day. In your new boots? In my new boots. 
So it was perfect. Spent Boxing Day in Manchester, come back to London. No doubt mum cooked your dinner for you that day. Definitely. Yeah? Yeah, quality. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Your oh, brother I... was on the beers, probably. Yeah, from 11. From 11. Um, but nowadays you abstain, right, from drinking on Christmas Day? I didn't. I drink. Had, I had wine. We had wine? Yeah, I think it's lager. I think it's lager that affects me. Yeah, enough yeah. wine. I think you'll think that affects you as well. No, I mean just, you know, like bloatedness. And that's my major concern with Christmas Day drinking is just feeling like trash at the end of the day. Yeah. And not really experiencing the true benefit of drinking, which is being drunk. <laughs> is that the true benefit? Isn't it? I think the true benefit of red wine is that it improves your heart health a little bit. I'd say that's more true benefit. Um... Um, that's just code for I don't agree <laughs> so you like being drunk then do you a little bit yes, yes but knowing it every day just say what you want yeah no I mean let's face it what four times last year yeah it's not a lot is it and to be honest with you the last time I got drunk we were together with a group of friends I hadn't drunk in a long time a long time, and that is a problem because yeah, you looked a bit ill, weren't you? I was a little bit ill for an entire <laughs> twenty-four hours, and I don't mean just like sat on the couch hanging. I mean being sick. Cool. Mint leaves from a mojito. So twenty-four hours later, I was being sick. I was being. <laughs> I was. I was bringing up mint leaves that were in a mojito that I had a whole twenty-four hours before that. Isn't that strange? Yeah, it's strange. And I, it's a cracking way to start the first podcast of the year as well, isn't it? <laughs> and you know what? Actually, no, we must interject here. Our new podcast, as you probably heard, is sponsored by um, Vocalize You, which is a, a brilliant app. We mention it all the time in, in this podcast just because it's a brilliant tool for singers. It's a tool we've used forever anyway. Um, the phone app and also on Yeah, on let's face it, we, again, we, had, we, we were fighting off the investor for this sponsorship, weren't we? We can't say any of their names for um, legal reasons. Legal reasons, but there was a there was a lot a lot of money flying around the, the boardroom, wasn't there? So what we did, we went, we went with our hearts, and we selected who we wanted to sponsor the podcast. And to be totally honest with you, though, hopefully you you realise well, hopefully you think that we're not idiots, and we actually we put a lot of thought into what we want to do and we don't do things for for quick quick benefit for a quick buck yeah exactly yeah we want it, we want something that's going to you know be beneficial to you guys as well mm, and vocalize you is definitely that absolutely mm. um so yeah if you're a serious singer i would go and look at it we don't benefit if you buy it you just go to vocalize you.com and check it out it helps you voice train and and uh you know there's a few questions today where we are making it our New Year's resolution to not waffle uh, in this podcast, um, which we already have broken. Talking about sick and Christmas. And mojitos. And mojitos. Um, so here we are. Are we going to get into it? We'll just get into it right now. Let's get right into it. Thank you. We've had three, we had a f- well, three questions today, um, which we're going to address, but the questions are coming in over Christmas. That's awesome. Sorry we haven't been... Um, uh, on the podcast for two months, but mm. Christmas is a big old interruption. So we're back in there. Please do keep the questions coming. Keep in touch with us. So thanks to these guys. We're starting with Nick, who got in touch. Do you want to read out this question? I'll go for it, yeah. 
Hi guys, I just found out about your podcast and I'm working through all your episodes, starting with the first. I think you guys are great. That's true. That's Thanks, Nick. I'm an adult singing student and I began lessons about four years ago. I hadn't sang before then and while I've come a long way, I still struggle with intonation. I often find myself scooping down or up to the note, common, usually by no more than half step or course tone. Sometimes when I'm trying to sing a melody from memory a cappella, I feel like I'm stabbing in the dark for notes without having a sense of accuracy for what comes next. Also, if I'm a singing if I'm singing a melody I haven't worked on before, I end up singing completely out of key. Not to mention that sometimes I'm a quarter tone off the pitch center. This sometimes is the case regardless of whether I'm singing to music uh, or not, and it's particularly frustrating when I'm trying to write a melody. How do you think of pitch and melody? What are some of the things you would recommend for not only a clean attack to a note, uh, but also moving cleanly in between in- intervals? Do you recommend any exercises for or ideas about approaching pitch? Thanks, Nick. Chris. Right. That's quite a comprehensive question. Yeah. And there's a few there's a few points that you know we've discussed about <clears throat> what he said in that bunch of sentences. And he says he's an adult singing student. And one of the things I would really love to know um, from uh, Nick is if he's an adult singing student, does that mean that his study of singing in general and his his participation in music, I guess, in general, Mm. actually was late coming? Yeah. Because what what he seems to be describing is um, just a little bit of a shortcoming in terms of experience of music living in it, um, experiencing melodies, listening to enough music, being mm. analytical. This is this is a lot of the stuff that, um, you know, singers that are maybe 20 were really obsessing about music through their teens, getting a real sense of the music they like, you know, understanding its nuances. Mm. Usually they understand nuances by imitating that singer. You know, you just... You get a young singer in and they sound exactly like their idol. Get a young female singer in, for instance, who might sound exactly like Rihanna or Ellie Goulding. Mm. And uh, that's how it starts. It starts off with um, you get a bit obsessed about stuff. You imitate stuff. It starts to influence your ability to take off genres and write melodies. And and, uh, it sounds like because of Nick's age that he might not be far down the line enough with just yeah. listening to music. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's two. I think there's two things to consider when we're talking about pitch. Two main things, really, and that's one that you just said, which is the the musicality and exposure to music and all those things, added to really just the <clears throat> the balance of the voice. Which is, I mean, what you know, what does balance mean? It means being really well organised with your voice and having to be able to control it in the way you want to control it. I suppose. So having that, in addition to exposure to music, you're probably going to, if, if, if those two things are working out really well, you've got some great exposure to music throughout your life and you're extremely balanced, you're going to be in a good place to be in tune. Yeah. Or you're going to be perceived as a tuneful singer, probably, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that considering those two things, the question needs to be asked, how much have I been exposed to music in my life? Um, how much am I invested, and, and equally, how balanced am I? Because mm. you know, sometimes the, like you say, the, the scooping two notes 
uh, when you when you maybe start underneath or above, it might. It's not always a musicality thing, but sometimes we can see, especially in females who might have a lack of chest voice, can actually end up sharp when aiming for pitches very frequently yeah. as and actually flat sometimes depending on if how tight the voice is and then men and very heavy deep female singers when you hear a scoop towards a note it tends to signify um an excessive or heavy chest voice so really as an action it's about finding out what the misbalance in the voice is mm-hmm. and exercising vocalizing towards ironing that out yes right that's it. Uh, and uh, just to just to break this down a little bit more, in, in terms of Nick's point about finding finding melodies, like recalling melod- melodies, you, to, to deconstruct that that that's a, that's an that is an art in itself. Perfect pitch, recalling its memory. These are all things that we were multitasking, mm. and so I just I think it's worth saying that that is an art in itself, and there are some things that can be done to um, to train. For perfect pitch, yeah, which we'll go on to in a second. But it, don't be so hard on yourself, Nick, because yeah. you're asking yourself to to do five things at once. And just because some other people might find that simple, it doesn't mean that they find singing their upper register simple, or they might not find singing low notes simple, or they might not find sustaining simple. Everyone's got their thing, and maybe memory might be your downfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might, yeah, you might not work in that way as naturally mm-hmm. as somebody else. Um, but yeah, that's kind of true. And, and there's a few songs I can recall singing a cappella that are more of the jazzy nature. Mm. There's a guy called Frank McComb. There's a song I love to sing of his. Um, but it has some very interesting and odd chord progressions in it that aren't just your general pop chord progressions. Cool. And whenever I'm trying to sing that one a cappella, I can hear just every time... <laughs> It's they're awkward chord progressions. I need the music to keep me in half the time because I'm not familiar. Yeah, it wasn't the music you were brought up on. Mm. So it's familiarity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you just hear instantly it's going wrong. So what would you? So in terms of exercises, to if if we just skip around the fact that maybe maybe Nick needs to listen or expose himself to different genres of music. Yeah, uh, for longer periods of time. Exercise in order to tune the voice towards this, what would you suggest? Well, look, at, there's actually loads. Um, and it does come down to, if, if Nick was to begin playing an instrument, all this stuff would be reinforced much quicker right. um, and stronger. And that would be being able to sing a major scale or even being able to sing these things called pentatonic scales. They all give your, your voice um, and your mind a chance to... Uh, experience common intervals. A pentatonic scale sounds like ah. There's lots of different scales like that, and when you get used to singing those over very common major chord progressions, then you can start to hear um, where some of those scales and intervals are used in melodies that you hear. Mm. And that's all part of ear training. So being able to sing major scales, minor scales, pentatonic scales, I would definitely look into that. As we both spotted um, in the Vocalize You app, uh, there is actually an ear training module in there. And certain intervals occur in songs all the time. And I remember, do you remember us sitting in a, in a, um, a workshop in LA last year? 
And there was the girl who was singing, At last, mm. my love. A bit of Etta James. And at last is a fourth. So it's a fourth interval. And it's like, da, 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 da. So that interval is the very start of Here Comes the Bride. And I remember watching the teacher had do a really great job of, of um, training in that interval with that familiar tune. And then they trained in the fifth, which I think, you know, and the sixth, and there's things from Star Wars That's and all right. that kind of stuff. And, you know, the singer quickly recognized the interval from the familiarity with the very popular TV show theme or movie theme. And then before you knew it, that very first interval of At Last by Etta James that she was trying to sing came really naturally after she had some understanding and ear training. Mm. And that's just about hearing those intervals. And those intervals occur so much that that's going to help you, isn't it? Yeah. And so, again, that's exposure to, to the scales that we might be using. Harmony singing is a great one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Just harmony in general. Harmony can apply to um, piano playing, singing, any instrument that can create a chord. Um, it's going to develop harmony, isn't it? And you, you know, you've worked with choirs forever. We started in a choir and spent years in it. And that way you get to learn, you know, what the third interval is, what the fifth interval is, yeah. how to interact with the music, musicality in general. When people ask me, and this is slightly off topic, but about harmony, harmony singing in itself, when people say, oh, can, you t- can you teach me how to do harmonies? And I'll always say, 100%, just go and do it. Just go and join a choir or a... Um, or a group because as you say that was our experience and I, I was I was I remember my first singing lesson my singing teacher at the time he said uh, Gareth he said go and uh, go away listen to this Backstreet Boys song and come back and show me the harmonies that you that you've got that you can find I went back and sung the melody four times <laughs> <laughs> and that is how it starts because yeah. it's the con- just even conceiving that you can sing another note than the I know it sounds weird, doesn't it? Mm. I, I was recalling this story yesterday. I had a very similar point where I joined a band as a backing vocalist when I was 15. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they recruited me on the basis of me singing a solo song. Fine. They're like, good, you're in. Sweet. Started the next week. Went to the rehearsal. She was like singing me this. She said, this is the harmony. And she sang this line over the, and I sang the line. And as far as I was concerned, that was just the only line that was actually possible in that, in that song. I didn't have any conception of this note is this note. And you can sing a different one over it. Mm. And then she would say, okay, sing that over when I'm singing. And when she sang, I just sang what she sang. I just sang the melody and she kept stopping the band and going, no, 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 it's the other, it's this note. Were you getting increasingly red every time? Yeah, and I, I just couldn't understand what she was trying to tell me. I just didn't even, I needed someone to write it on a board. I needed to start music theory from the beginning. Yeah. And in the end, she was the lead singer of the band and she sung the harmony. <laughs> so at the gigs, I would sing the lead on the chorus. And she would sing the harmony because I couldn't even figure out what she was trying to tell me. Right, man. Very job. similar to you, yeah. right? Yeah. Just sing what you can hear. But so then over the years of now, you know, we've, we're in a four-part harmony group. We have been for 10 years. It's 
just by doing it, just sticking your head down and getting involved in it, isn't it? So mm. that's, that's that. That's that's that one. Anything else? Um, yeah, I, do you know, I, I'm a big fan of conception as well. And uh, when when you get singers that are very far back in the pitching process, maybe having a really hard time of it, there is a there's a really really um, quick process in the brain that is to do with conception. It's to do with if you can imagine the note, then you're much more likely to be able to sing it. And and singers, you know, way far back, they need to spend a little bit of time actually hearing that melody in their head. You know, mm. you might even be. It's even been to the point where you play it. You play middle C. The singer does not sing it back. They sing it back in their head. Does that sound exactly as it sounded out here? You know. Mm. And then you tend to get a better pitch, you tend to get a better um, approach to pitch, and singers get super fast at conceiving notes and then singing them within God knows point how many of a second before they sing it, because their conception of it is right. And that even applies to riffing, it applies to harmony, it applies to writing melodies, you, you have to conceive it before you sing it, you can't just open your mouth. There is some conception of that note, mm. so maybe there's some some time you need to spend imagining and hearing that melody in your head just before you sing it, and seeing if that has a bearing on mm. your ability to pitch that accurately. Because if you can't imagine it, you don't know the melody well enough, and so you can't sing it. It's impossible. So you tie that up with working out the voice to great balance, technique, technique, ex- exposure to music. Maybe working on some interval exercises via the Vocalize You um, program and some videos on YouTube. Sorted. Yeah. And singing in choirs and getting involved in harmony in some way. And it will get you there, Nick, I promise. So, um, keep, uh, us, keep us updated yeah. on your progress. hope that answers the question to some degree. There's plenty on there. So, n- next question. Do you want to go for it? Yep. Hello from Canada. Widespread. Uh, obviously love the podcast. Why would I bother to email if I didn't? Because you're greedy. I think you want some information. Uh, keep up the great work. Straight to the point. I'm an amateur male singer. Now, at least for myself, I love to practice singing the songs of my favourite artists. Lately, though, my favourite songs have been coming from female artists. Uh, I have a naturally low voice, so this makes things a little tricky. Any tips or ideas on how I could more easily sing these songs short of transposing the vocals thanks again and keep up the good work that's from Jake right. where do you start with that man well it seems quite clear to begin with and I'm sure Jake has already figured out some answers to this himself but um, I guess we're talking about like singing the songs or want to sound like the singers I think that's a good, be a good distinction to make to begin with because let's face it We've all got different voices, and this is, this is as much as saying, I want to sound like Whitney Houston every time I sing, me personally. Like, never going to happen, because I haven't got the same, I got the same makeup. Mm-hmm. Firstly, I'm not a girl. Um, so it's going to be tricky, to, really tricky. I have to do some crazy stuff to try and ma- manipulate my instrument to make a noise that mimics that sound. Of Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. so a strong sound, high pitches, yeah, belty, whatever. But because in 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 a natural quote unquote way, my voice in the pitches that she sings, it, it's not going to act that way, and I'm probably going to have a much lighter, um, a lighter result 
that definitely doesn't mimic the strong diva-esque sound of belting sound of Whitney Houston. Yeah. So it's a general. Do I want to sound? Can we can we manipulate our instrument to sound like these singers in these songs? Potential. Yeah, potential, but going to be tough. Um, one of one of our good friends, Duncan. Duncan Heather, great singer. I always remember this. I always requote him after the first time I heard him say it. He said once, "I I can sing anything," and quickly followed by, "It could." Some of it could sound like shit, <laughs> but I can sing anything. Meaning that he, yeah, he works out how to hit notes. Quite, quite a range on the on, on the boy, and uh, but he's you know saying himself like the upper stuff. Is it going to sound the way that people want to hear it? God knows, but God knows. I can still I can still croak it out. Exactly, exactly. So what we're talking about is. Can you sing the songs that you that, that you uh, can you sing your favourite songs? Of course you can sing them, Jake. Are they going to be sung in a way that people would like to hear them? That's a different question. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, what? Yeah, I guess that boils down to you know what are you going to sing these? It says at least for myself to sing them for yourself. Mm. That's fair enough. If if the answer to Steve's question is um, no. In essence, I just want to sing them any way I can in their original key. Then our first port of call would be developing the head voice, yeah. right? Um, males are typically deep singers, um, just because that's the way our voice is set up. Uh, the majority of our voice is chest voice, is the bottom voice, and developing the high part of the voice is just so difficult because it's not where we spend most of our time speaking. It's a long way up from our speaking range, um, and it involves a different set of muscles and a different coordination. So to train your voice in a way that gets into the top much more regularly, um, every day, sometimes twice a day, getting up into the, woo, way, ah, that kind of really girly sound, um, that's, that's what, what we approach with, with head voice and spending time up there on certain vowels. The E vowel is great. The, the sound wee is great. Vibrato is cool. Wee! Um, the more time you spend up there, you might be able to sing like, and I will always. But for it to be, and I, you know, powerful, it can, it can be done. But I can tell you that as a male singer who does sing quite high, that um, even though I can hit those pitches, to sing an entire song like that uh, in a female range is really difficult. So I don't think there's any other way around it, Jake, in that you can either use that light head voice, that's a little bit easier to deal with. You could attempt it in a full voice, but that would take years and years of training. Or unless you're a freak of nature, which you could be. Yeah, unless you like Adam Lambert. Mm. That guy is just phenomenal, um, and he can sing anything all night. Or you could really look at backing tracks that are in different keys. You can still get them from many different companies. You could play an instrument. That means you could play anything in any key you wanted and sing along to it. But I think, yeah, um, if you were gonna. If you were going to go out there, not just for yourself, but to present these songs to someone else, maybe a paying crowd or someone in the pub, you would probably need to reinvent those songs entirely mm. with a guitarist or someone who can change the key and sing them, but in, your, in, in, the, in the part of your voice that sounds the best. Which, let's face it, that comes all the way back round to 
the reason for doing it in the first place. And we're not really sure what that is, Jake, to be honest. And if it is just to sing and enjoy the process of singing, then hopefully the, the, the answers we've given you will cover that. But just lastly, to say that if you like the songs because you feel that they express something within you, which is inevitably the, the reason for most most of singing and most of performing, if we want to express, mm-hmm. uh, and to give your expression of that, then maybe singing the songs in the keys that were originally written aren't the best way of doing that anyway. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So maybe looking at, at, at the performance going forward, if it is, if we go past singing for yourself, looking at the performance as a, what do I really want the audience to get from this? Yeah. yeah. And having a trust, trusted feedback loop. Mm. If that is the case, you know, some, some vocal teachers are really, really great at saying, do you know what? I know you like it. I just don't think anyone else will. You know, and that's fair enough. That is when, well, that doesn't matter. I'm singing it for myself. Or, well, that does matter because I'm actually singing it in front of people. And maybe you want those people to be Im- impressed by it because it might be, you know, to get you into an audition or something like that. So, yeah. So that's where we're at, Jake. It's either look into why you're singing it. If it's just for yourself, technically, you probably need to develop your head voice, upper voice. If it's for other people, you will definitely need to consider changing the keys of the songs in some way via backing track or instrumentalist and putting your own swing on it. I yeah. like it. Or a cappella. Who cares? In the toilet. You know, if it, if it makes it all easier to happen in there. <laughs> it does me. I'm sure that we... Did we talk about a toilet... Oh, that's for the, that's for the next episode we talked about your toilet habits and singing. Oh, is it? Yeah, which is a nice little link. It is a link. Way. Because we've actually got one more question, but we're not going to do it today. Do you know, I, I reckon we could summarise it very briefly yes. in saying that the next question was from Cara Harrington, and beautifully, we don't actually have to answer it. As right. she said, I love your podcasts um, and would like to know what you do to handle nerves at an auditional performance. More specifically, how you can better deal with involuntary physical manifestations of your nerves... You like your knees or hand shaking, chest, chest collapsing or dizziness. Thanks. And um, just so happens our next podcast is with a chap called Mike Cunningham. And he is um, an expert on peak performance. And peak performance really comes down to your ability to um, focus, get in a flow and um, control the involuntary actions of nerves. And, and control the mind. We appreciate this confidence thing is, is one of the biggest questions in singing and performing. And we are, we're not saying that any one way is the right way to do it, but what we're going to aim to do, especially over this year, I can imagine is to get in touch with as many people, as many, yeah, as many people that, that know about the subject or have an idea about a subject so we can get as many different viewpoints as possible. Because mm, there are so many. And, and you can also, oh, as well, um, Kari, you can check out episode, I think it's 18, which is with Chip Jenkins, and she has her own approach, which actually, comparing to Mike, they're wildly different. You know, and, and one you may feel the advice in one is way more applicable than the other. Who knows? So, yeah, tune in next time, Cara. We'll have something for you then. But, true to our word, vaguely, we have stuck to our new 30-minute structure plan. Did you feel rushed? I felt rushed. Actually, I felt that we were on the second... We're on the first question, or coming up to the first question. 
And I looked at the timer, it said 24 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a Christmas tour, wasn't it? How does that happen? Mm. Um, but yeah, keep up with us. Every two weeks, we're going to be making these podcasts shorter and more succinct. Um, but please get in touch with us on Facebook. Please join our mailing list. Go and visit our website, thenakedvocalist.com. We really, really want to hear from you guys because we have some great stuff coming up this year. We're going to have a cracking year this year, singers. And you're going to be on for the ride. So there we are. Hope, to, hope to see you soon. And we'll see you after this outro. Goodbye. Bye. The Naked Vocalist is proud to be sponsored by Vocalize You. Truly the best home study program for singers. Available for desktop computers, iPad, and iPhone. Download your copy from vocalizeyou.com now.